0: Episode 8! We've we we've made it to episode 8. What are you talking about? It's episode 8. It's,
1: a, it's season 2, episode 2.
0: Yeah, but technically, this is the 8th episode ever. And according to a friend of mine, uh, who knows a lot about podcasts, making it past the 7th episode is a good sign. It's kind of like that, that marriage statistic, where if you made it through this many years of marriage, statistically you're going to stay together forever. But is
1: that accurate? I thought we were on like... Cause in our first season, I we had seven, I thought.
0: No, you did one special. I
1: know, but I thought that I, was eight.
0: No. No, that doesn't count because it wasn't both of us.
1: Okay, but there so were we ha- seven This there? is
0: our this will be our eighth published episode, I believe.
1: I mean I know we had one that we didn't publish, but whatever. I don't know. So this will be the eighth published episode. We'll fact check this, but we'll do it
0: after. We won't fact check it. <laughs> We're just going to assume it's correct.
1: All right. All right. Moving forward, then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to this week's Carpe Noctum. Woo! Um, there's been a little bit of miscommunication, and that's probably because Dylan and I haven't... We suck. We haven't really made a decision whether or not we're going to do weekly or bi-weekly. I'm pretty sure... Oh,
0: are we talking about doing bi-weekly?
1: I thought we were going to do bi-weekly.
0: You, you did not throw that out. I hashtag. love the idea
1: of doing weekly as well. But, I'm fine you know, with doing it weekly. I think we, uh,
0: we have a better... Yeah, schedule now, yeah, I think,
1: yeah, I think it's, it's already going better. But uh, anyway, so I guess, yeah, we'll uh, continue doing that weekly. Because I know in an episode, our first one, that but we recorded it several weeks ago. We just published it a couple days ago. We recorded it a while back. Um, we had said we were probably going to do bi-weekly. Did we? And then we texted or tweeted it might be vice versa Then I tweeted oh yeah season 2 starting where to do it every other week oh. or vice versa either I don't know we said weekly and I tweeted I don't
0: I don't have I have a twitter I haven't looked at it in like 5 years yeah ago. I know
1: even though I told you as a podcast host I know well it's like I don't know no I can't get mad at you I got rid of my twitter I was gonna, entirely yeah. So I was <laughs> like, I was
0: like I was telling one of my friends. I was like, "They're like, who are you hanging out?" I was like, "Oh, I'm hanging out with uh, Dylan. Dylan the Shoop tonight." i like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Oh no! You, like, you like, we went to school together. Like, yeah, yeah I was a friend from OC as well." I was like, "You probably recognize him." And she was like, "Oh, pull up a picture." I was like, "All right." And I was like, yeah, I was like I forgot oh you deleted everything." I was like, "Facebook." I was like, you deleted "Oh, I thought it.
1: you were gonna bring up a picture and no, no, she no, was no, gonna say, no. say, oh, yeah, I know him from Twitter' because that's happened before." And oh, like, really?
0: That's wow, that's sad. I know. I was like, "Oh god." Uh, but no, you deleted everything. And, so I, and like, I just want to oh. say,
1: that isn't me bragging. That's actually a bad thing. Because you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I've a, seen bad his <laughs> that's like,
0: a bad oh. thing. i Twitter. I'm like, oh. like, oh, I know you from Twitter. you like, <laughs> you've tweeted some horrible <laughs> things. I know you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's one of the reasons I don't have Twitter. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> it's a terrible place. <laughs> it is a
1: pretty terrible place. Speaking of social media mm. and just how
0: terrible it is. What a good segue.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we're killing it this week. Um, last week. Uh, Stanford and NYU published a new study, uh, new studies out about users that are leaving Facebook and on average are happier.
0: Doesn't surprise me.
1: It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. I mean, there are, so, there, I mean, taking breaks from Facebook is more and more common, doing like social media cleanses or yeah. people will give it up for Lent or something like that. Um, that is, you know, that's great. But I think it's something different about when you just give it up completely and walk away from it. And, like, not, I'll go back. Yeah. Like, give it up. So Because, like, with me, as we just said, I gave up a bunch of my social media. Um, I've done it before, but, like, with plans to go back. Like, I'm going to go the next couple weeks, or I'm going to yeah, just see yeah. how long I could go. Never really, like, a... You know, n- never with a larger goal in yeah. mind. Um, but when I did it last month, uh, it's it's over a month now, and I was just like, I don't, I don't need this. I don't want it. And I, I don't feel, I don't feel like. So for the most part, I feel better. I feel like I'm, I, I'm not worrying about what other people are doing. I'm not comparing myself to that. I'm not. It's not even on my mind. There is a slight sense of me. I feel like I might be missing out on a few things. Not even necessarily like memes and jokes or anything like that. But more so just how I treated social media, especially Twitter. I mean, I was following uh, journalists. I was following uh, pundits. And and I felt like with that, I was generally pretty informed about stuff that was going on. However, you know, the uh, temptation with that, you're just reading the tweets. Yeah. And they're just headlines. And you're not reading the entire article or you're you know someone's commenting on it and that's all you're getting yeah so i i'm i'm not i don't miss you know not seeing that because i feel like the way i am being informed now it's because i'm doing the work but uh there there is just some commentary there's some perspective that i'm not getting anymore at least not as easily so that's i would say that's but i would say that's the only downside like I, I'm not missing anything else. I don't care about <laughs> all these random things on Facebook that I'm not seeing anymore. I feel just fine without all that. <laughs> I'm not stare, I'm not scrolling through a screen for hours a day anymore. You know, or you know, sometimes I am, but doing other things like Tumblr
0: and. I, Tumblr. I just got rid of Tumblr. Too. I was gonna say Tumblr isn't like. Well, I got
1: rid of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, I still the cats still have their Instagram.
0: Tumblr's hanging on by like a thread. Yeah, it is such
1: a hot mess. But there's just there's some juicy memes there. That's the the only reason I ever
0: had it. Just come over to Reddit
1: already. Uh, I probably should, but that's the thing. I don't need to waste time there either. It is
0: Reddit's. If you think Facebook is like a black hole of time, I know Reddit Reddit is even more so. I know.
1: Well, just just actually a few hours ago, I uh, got rid of my Tumblr, like just today. Okay. So so, because I was I was like I replaced. I've replaced uh, Twitter and Facebook with, like, Tumblr. And I was spending more time on there than I ever have. And I was like, I mean, that really isn't the goal. The goal is to stop spending so much time on it entirely. Not entirely, not switch platforms. And, uh, I mean, I know. My one friend, um, his girlfriend had quit social media and gave it all up. But she was just so used to being on her phone that there was times that he would see her. He would catch her, like, scrolling through Venmo. And you know how, like... You can see like yeah. why some people have like like, what is that about no. like we it's like we're just so it's used a, to
0: it. So uh, so if Facebook's not really my issue. I I think like today I was like, uh, like one of my friends I kind of keep up with my dad sometimes, but like I put like my amount of Facebook usually ends up being this. I open it up on a tab and I go, I do one quick scroll and I go, why am I here? And then I go and I close it. Yeah, that's about the extent I use yeah. Facebook. But I haven't I noticed, really, I've uh, never,
1: I haven't used it that much either since probably early. I in use high Instagram school.
0: more than anything. Mm-hmm. I probably should cut back on that. I probably should get rid of that. Because mm-hmm. it is really easy to like judge yourself.
1: It You're is, like, you oh, see- my friend just
0: ran a marathon in Arizona. It's like, yeah. oh, what am I doing?
1: <laughs> you do, you see all that other stuff, and I feel like. So, for me, there's, like, the the two knee-jerk temptations is one, you know, compare yourself, like, oh, I'm not doing all that, or that that person's cool. It's hard to not to. It it is. It is. It's very difficult. And then, but on the other hand, you know, if it's someone you know better, you can look at that and say, that's not really you. I know you're just posting
0: this. Or you can look and say, oh, man, I'm glad, like, glad you're having a good time snowboarding in Colorado or whatnot.
1: Uh, When it comes to that stuff, you know, I want to hear about it directly from them, me personally, but, like. Sometimes I would just like get annoyed, and I wouldn't even necessarily say annoyed. It was almost like disheartened, because I would see people who are otherwise great people that I love, and they're they have great personalities or they're very warm and loving people, whatever, and they would uh, they would be posting all of this stuff, usually on Instagram, that was like creating this persona that I knew wasn't really them, but it's the persona that they wanted. And that's who they were. That's what they were pursuing, rather than just like being themselves. No, and I'm like I'm like, you're already so great as you are. Why, why are you posting all this uh, fitness stuff when you exercise once a week at most? Or you, you travel. You go like a couple of trips a year, but every other day it's a photograph of somewhere you've been or someplace you want to go. Yeah. But you don't include that in the caption. You're just making it seem like you're traveling all the time, all over the place. It's just like, why?
0: That so is like a temptation. I try, I, I, the posts that I do to Instagram, there's a great spread of time usually between them. And it's only when I'm yeah. like doing something novel or cool. Like the other day, I went to see Phantom of the Opera at the Civic Center, which was a phenomenal. I loved the play. I was like, oh, this was really cool. So I think, like I took a picture of me because I was also dressed up like three-piece suit because I don't get to do that very often. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like like how often do you get to like you know dress up right. in a three-piece suit? I was like I'm going to the civic center with the family right. Opera. like I mean, what what better time to dress up. Right. And so I got a picture of me next to like the giant poster cuz I was like that's just kind of a cool thing. Right. And then I posted that to Instagram just cuz I was like hey I did something cool. But right. it is uh, and I know a temptation cuz I know one person on Instagram I stopped following them, but I know they don't make a whole lot of money. But yet, they post things like, oh, like, you know, the other day, he's like, ski trip in Colorado. I was like, I know you for a fact you don't have enough money to really be able to afford all this stuff right. that you're doing. Right. Uh, so that was just kind of annoying. But it is. It is. I, back to, like, the girl who's just, like, scrolling through Venmo. I know the feeling. Because, yes. like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, cut back on how much, like, Reddit I use. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I'm so used to being on my phone. Like, I'll pull up my phone. I'll go to click on something. I'll just, like... I don't know what to look at anymore like, I, don't, right. I don't know what to do yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to look at Reddit I don't want to look at Instagram yeah. and like I just like I don't know yeah. what to do with my phone now what what now and so I all just like so I've, I've, I'm trying to do it so like today I downloaded a because uh, I'm trying to get over to just more substance and less like socialness mm-hmm. I guess if that makes sense so, like, today I downloaded a Mountain biking magazine uh, subscription. I'm also probably going to subscribe to Popular Mechanics. Mm-hmm. Just kind of get those magazines so I can read them every once in a while. Yeah. To cut back on the... Right. Because I've done that, too, where it's like, oh, interesting article. Comments. Right. Like, don't even read the article. Yeah. So, that's, I'm terrible about that.
1: Uh, <laughs> kind of uh, ashamedly, I have to admit. So, like I said, more time on uh, on Tumblr, but also more time, more time on linkedin of all
0: that. linkedin that's desperation at that point i mean
1: like and, and there's like use to that because like i do see like some of the articles and, and these are these are either resources or articles or comments that are coming from like actual influencers like you know, richard branson or jack welch or you know, sure like yeah that. those people yeah or I could keep up with uh Places that I've either worked for, or company that I follow, because all their company news—it's almost like having their PR feed right there. Because yeah. all, all the news that mentions these companies, and some that's not even from the companies themselves, but it's like, hey, Starbucks was mentioned in the news, and it's not maybe a great article,
0: Ooh, uh, but it's there. Awesome.
1: So, so LinkedIn will be like, hey, here's this. Uh, so I, you know, I like that. But yeah, overall, there've been times where. You know, I looked at the few notifications I had, and I, you know, saw a couple articles I wanted to read, and then, and then I just kept scrolling, and like, just waiting for like that next thing I wanted to see that I liked, and I scrolled, and I was like, wait, why am I doing this?
0: Oh, no, it's...
1: Yeah. You pick up that phone after years of using it for social media, just something you use all the time. Oh, yeah. When you cut that out,
0: it's... It's, it's weird you it's have, you're like, like oh why I... do
1: i need this phone now it's yeah, like, like what this... do i do now <laughs> what do
0: i do do i just sit here and think yeah am i just supposed to sit still on this yeah <laughs> like, am, what do i do now i do try to like i haven't tried also like kind of cut back so like whenever i go if i ever like I have to know i have I'm like oh i'm gonna go to the dmv or i'm gonna go to like an appointment or something and i know but i'll probably sit there for a few minutes yeah. i always try to bring like a book or something like yeah. actual Reading materials or like an, uh, some book on my phone. It's yeah. still on my phone, but it's like I'm, you know, I'm scrolling, but not because I'm reading pages. not yeah. You know, the 15th comment about yeah. something going mindless, on. Yeah.
1: Mindless consumption. Yeah. And something else.
0: Yeah. You know, I I, I want to get rid of Facebook, but like there's a part of me because there are people like back home that I kind of like to keep up with somewhat. Yeah. Like I'd like to know like you know what kind of what they're up to. Uh, just because yeah. yeah, they're good people. But, I mean, I I probably should just get rid of it. I probably won't. Yeah. I, like, at this point, there's probably no reason for me to keep it. I'm just probably just fooling myself at this point. That's the thing.
1: That for months, I mean, this there's nothing new me finally getting to the point of deleting it, but for many months I was thinking about it, and I kept wanting to do it, but I was like, oh, you know, I might need it for this, or, you know, I want to keep up with these people, or I want to see this. And for the longest time, Twitter, it was, I want to see what... This person's saying, um, uh, and then once I got rid of it, every now and then, especially when I'm thinking about it, I'll be like, oh, you know, I, I feel like I might be missing out on that a little bit, but really, so what? Like, what if it, even if I am, like, so what? Yeah, here I am. I'm fine. Like, not like I'm uh, jonesing for some Twitter. Like, I mean, I'm I'm quite. <laughs> I'm quite fine. I mean, we
0: we survived and kept like long distance friendships years. Like we had to write letters to each other. Oh yeah, I I used without social media. I think we can survive. I
1: used to write letters pretty often when I was in high school. I don't do that as much now, unfortunately, because I've lost touch with some of those people that I would do that with. But ironically enough, I lost touch with yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised if that starts making a comeback in the next few years.
1: Yeah. I mean, in some sense it is. I mean, I know uh, even, um, oh God, what is it called whenever you... uh? No. Uh, fancy
0: writing. Calligraphy? Yes, calligraphy. No.
1: That's growing in popularity. It is.
0: Well, it's all, it's become kind of like some people's hobby. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, Which is uh, pretty cool. You know, so... Even, even if that's, you know, that's not writing letters, but nonetheless, yeah. I mean, it's handwritten. No. And the, the notion of, of handwritten items, it's still
0: Well, I know even, like, in the, just in the past few years, like year or two, uh, physical book prices have started going up again. I people, know. people, I think, yeah. <laughs> I hate it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's great. It's, it's incentivizing more people to publish, and I love that and everything. But it's like, someone who wants to buy the book. So somebody who wants to buy a book... That on release day, it's sometimes hard to justify dropping like twenty five bucks on it. No, yeah,
0: it is now. Well, now
1: just, no. why? But dropping sixty bucks on a video game on its release day, I don't know why that's different.
0: See, I'm the complete opposite because, like, I'm like, ooh, like sixty dollars for a video game, like I don't know. I'll go to Barnes and Noble. I'll drop because I've done this like before multiple times. So I'll drop a hundred dollars and just walk out. And I like, mean, on my way to the car, I'll just I'll just I'll stop and I'll go. Did it again.
1: It's, it really is. is like no different. It's this, it's this thing that is going to, you know, depending on the book and depending on the game, of course, it's going to be this thing that will have an impact on you. You're going to like it. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to make you think a lot. Um, you know, one's a video game, one's a book, but books are a lot cheaper. I could potentially get three books for the price of like one new video game or... Even a video game that's been out for a while, that's but true. still incredibly popular, they're still charging 60 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. It took forever. I mean, I still think even when there's no sale, you get on Grand Theft Auto, is still $60.
0: It's, yeah, it's still... Every like, now and then
1: they'll have, I mean, pretty frequently, still, they'll works. have like a 30 to 50% off sale. I mean, that's when I have gotten it. But uh, it you know, came expensive. out in 2013, 2012, 2013.
0: Yeah, it's like seven, eight years old. I mean...
1: That was a long time ago. It was it's a still long time. It came out my junior year of
0: college. I,
1: I want to say it was 2013. Well, it came spring. out spring. Okay,
0: yeah, because I bought it. Okay, yeah, that makes I'm sense. Because I bought head, it in my but... junior year of
1: college. Yeah. So, no, that's crazy. Um, but uh, but like so, this book that I'm on my table right now, Howard Schultz's new book, um, just came out a week ago from today. Uh, I you know bought it on the release day. Uh, I got it from Amazon, (laughs) so I had it delivered on release day, and I paid like twenty bucks for it. Um, The MSRP is like twenty eight, I think. Uh, Amazon almost always has prices that are decently cheaper than what you would get at Barnes and Noble. But then even Barnes and Noble, Starbucks uh, was—they teamed up with Barnes and Noble for like a a pre-order price, special price of like twenty bucks. And it was funny because their their special price was like weeks before they'd announced it, Amazon had already had it at 1980 or something. So I was like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. Uh, and I already pre-ordered it, so I was like, well, I don't need to go through Barnes and Noble. Um, but like, that's not to say that there aren't those books that you know, like this one, I'm not willing to jump on the release date. But then there are those ones that I really want. I really want. Maybe not as much as this one, but I really want them, uh, and they are. 20, 25, even $30. And I just,
0: I'm like, I can't, not yet, not right now. See, yeah. Yeah, books books are one of those things for me where I just, I'll see the price tag, and for some reason, I'm just blind to it. I just, I cannot see see the price tag. I'm confused
1: why, with books, because I know you're a a voracious reader, but Mm -hmm. like, you also really like,
0: twitch and video games i do i love it so why
1: why why I are video games because i was right? i was
0: a reader before i ever was a gamer really oh yeah so okay. my like i didn't get a gamecube or anything like that till well into my elementary like fifth or sixth grade really i started like voraciously read voraciously reading raciously Voracious. voraciously reading like first or like first grade right so my mom it was actually uh I think it might have been first grade. It was Holes by Lewis Satcher. Yeah. My mom bought me that book. Because I, Up to that point, I was like, I hate reading. It. Right. It's stupid because like, I was right. a dumb kid. Right. And she gave me that whole book. She was like, You will read this book. You're mm-hmm. going to read this book or else. And I was like, Fine. And I read it and I was like, Oh, I love this. I love this. And then I just, I read everything I could possibly get my hands on after that. And so, I don't know. Then there's just something about I don't know, a book that I just, I love. Because like video games are a lot of fun. Right, but I just feel like whenever I have a book, there's just so much more substance to it because I can go back and like look at characters, or, like quote certain things, sure. and also because also like uh, like C.S. Lewis, I absolutely love. I grew up with like J.R.R. Tolkien. I started reading him when I was like in fifth grade, so that's why I read Lord of the Rings. Right. I don't know. There's just something about books that's just right. Really attaches to my soul, and I just sure. I can't not buy. I books. Get, I mean, I totally
1: get that. I mean, that's generally how I feel as well, but um I don't know, I just would expect you to yeah. be willing to drop it was a, or even like drop a hundred dollars <laughs> on a special edition of a I video. Game. I I've never bought a special edition of a you video. You know, game. I only ever bought one and it was Far Cry. And really? Yeah, it was not it wasn't the highest but it was like their gold edition. The only
0: this one special edition I might be willing to drop. Far on. Cry five. But not like uh, okay. yeah the uh, newest one yeah the one special edition i might be willing to drop money on if it comes with something cool is the last of us 2 when it oh, comes. yeah that one i i will be willing to shell out like a good chunk of money right. for like if it's like collector's edition stuff right. that comes with it i'll probably shell out money but also i think it was like when it when it came to like our parents like if we wanted a video game we had to like beg and plead oh, and, like, yeah, help kind of like earn the money for the video game yes. if i ever went to my mom and i was like hey mom can i get a book she'd like oh yeah stop in the car go to barnes noble
1: which again is just so, well, I feel like I feel like that right there is like a Gen X baby boomer well, bias. She, she was also a uh, an English
0: like English major. Well, so,
1: so I mean, again, <laughs> depending because I, I I wrote a paper about this before. Depending on the book, depending on the video game, there can be a lot of substance and a lot of value in a video game. I don't know if we've talked about this on but I've i, I had like this long rant about. I mean, hmm. we can talk I about this it now. Rant. I've had like this long rant about. The effect and the importance of uh, video games uh, and even books and movies, but, you know, we'll focus on video games right now, uh, versus, like, the value of books. I mean, we think that because it's a book and we grow up, like, at least for me... In school, it's like the more you read, like the the more like the teacher likes you. I don't yeah.
0: know. No, that's I actually got in trouble in elementary school because I read too much. Oh my god, what? I like my my teacher. I remember the conversation. I don't remember if I was like outside the door or something. She she was because I was reading under my desk, like any any chance I could get, uh-huh. and I kept getting in trouble. <laughs> my teacher talked to my parents one time. She's like, "His grades are dropping a little bit. He's just spending too much time reading in class." Oh my god. Like, I think I was the first one of the first kids ever, like, to get, like, who gets in trouble for reading too much at school? Yeah. I I think that she was just kind of like, he's reading too much. Right, yeah. Like, flabbergasted. Like, I don't know if I should be (laughs) mad at him or impressed.
1: Well, yeah, Uh, you know... I just remember when I was a kid, first and second grade especially. I don't know if your school did this, but we had like the reading logs, yeah, and like the more books you had on there, and your parents did do initial, but like the more books you had on there, I don't remember if it was like an award. There might not have even been anything. You just wanted to be at the top, just because like
0: we got people were jealous. They we got were, little wow. plastic puppy dogs. Oh really? Yeah, which are really really cute. I don't
1: remember getting anything. I don't remember why I, I was every at least. For several years in elementary school, uh, I was one of the top readers, um, and I remember it wasn't even because I necessarily like liked reading. You just wanted it, to I, I wanted to <laughs> to be. I don't. I don't even think that was a prize. I just wanted to be the one who was like, "Wow, he read the most." I
0: think I might have been number one, but I don't remember. I just remember that I loved reading so much. It was like, "Oh, this is a great excuse to have my parents buy me more books." Right. And so I might have been number one. Right. I mean. Yeah, like I, I, I think I like because of that, I always kind of like excelled at reading. So like, I read Lord of the Rings when I was in fifth grade. I, re- I read H. G. Wells' War of the Worlds when I was in sixth grade. Uh, like, right? Like, that's the kind of reading. Like, at sixth grade, I was reading H. G. Wells. Right. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I probably can only name a handful of books that I read when I was a kid. I, I don't remember most of them. Um, but anyway, so there's just like that. That bias towards books that are like they're inherently like better. Yeah, no, you're then, right. Like in in some way, like in some ways it is because like whenever your brain is reading the words, making that connections, and then like creating the visuals in your head, like there's more there's more work going into that. Your brain is typically learning a little bit more. It's running faster. But and so yes, I'm not I'm not saying we have to have one or the other. Like books are great, but I also think that video games shouldn't get uh, shit on as much as they do, just because. Oh no, I agree. Like you can, you can play an amazing video game that offers a lot of insight, whether it be into a specific, uh, even like a, it could be social satire, it could be politics, it could be war, it could be a number of things. I mean, even one we just brought up, um, Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto V is a masterpiece, it's and a- it's not because you get to. You know, run around and kill a bunch of people. Although, sure, that is fun, I guess. But there's a lot of social satire. I mean, in every Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. There's a lot of social satire. This one satire. is especially. This one especially. And, and what I love so much is that more than any other Grand Theft Auto, there are a lot of side games to play. Like, I, there's this video, and I can go ahead and post it on our, our Twitter after we're done recording, but there is a... Um, like a 20-minute analysis going into the sarcasm and social satire of Grand Theft Auto. And one of the things they were talking about was that they were like satirizing their own players because there are those people who get on there just to kill people and blow shit up and all this other stuff. And then there are those people... I mean, like, if that's a viable activity, then why isn't golf? Why isn't darts? Why isn't tennis? Why isn't yoga? All these other things that you can do in the game. Yeah. They have the options. I mean, it's even... You have to do yoga as one of the missions. <laughs> and it's like, they did that on purpose because it's like, what? The, why am I doing this? Like, this why is boring. Yeah. But it's like, why is it boring? Why is blowing people up so much better? Why is that fun? To you be know? fair,
0: there are people that like, you know, farm simulator and Euro truck no, simulator. <laughs> true, so I, I don't goat understand.
1: simulator.
0: <laughs> Ghost Simulator is a masterpiece. Yes. I, will, <laughs> I will say that one. Ghost Simulator is one of the best games ever made. Absolutely. Um, no, it's like we're. It's like oh, truck simulator. We do you, well. You you simulate driving a semi right. from point A to point B. Like that's it. Yeah. Like you pick up your package and you drive it. And people, some people yeah. love it. I don't really understand it.
1: No, but, I don't like, understand. Like more
0: that. more power too. If that's like what you want to do, go ahead. Go I don't
1: ahead. understand like sports video games. I don't like, I do not understand sports video games FIFA at all. FIFA or don't get it. Like if I'm gonna play that, I'd rather really do it. FIFA's trash. Okay, whatever. Uh if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play those sports, I wanna really do it. I don't but yeah. like people do it. People like it. And that's great for them, you know? But you know, games like Grand Theft Auto have their purposes. I mean, even something something I really love, the story storytelling uh, in Sly Cooper, that series. Yeah. I loved that game. I loved that series. Um, it was just really great storytelling. And then also, there was one of the best storylines in a video game was in Alan Wake.
0: I've heard about that one. I that, heard that one was really, really good. Yeah. The
1: gameplay was all right. The storyline and the soundtrack were phenomenal.
0: <laughs> The one that really, the ones that really stand out to me are the, the Uncharted series by Naughty Dog and the game The Last of Us. So Uncharted was really was, cool because you yeah. you get to play basically as Indiana Jones, which is it. You I know you hate them. I I don't. I mean you I hate, don't. I know you hate the Uncharted games. I
1: just I don't hate them. I just it's like it's just like um, t- the latest Tomb Raider games. Like it's just a human doing things that are like so beyond
0: you've just described video games
1: impossible i mean i understand that against. and i'm not saying like they're all <laughs> like moot just because of that but like i don't know anyway just... so
0: the, in the uncharted the storytelling is just it's a really fun just kind of quirky and it's just a, like it's just a funny game and then the last of us is just oh a masterpiece god. story oh my god uh where you just see like character development throughout this, like eight, eight oh, hour, right. ten hour video game. Oh, yeah. And by the end, I was almost crying. Right. Because I'm just like, all the, like everything right. that you see them go through, because it's a zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. like wasteland. And like, they have to make all these like decisions along the way. It's all a lot, a lot of like gray area. Right. And at the very end, like the, the conclusion, I just, I just stared at my screen for a solid like 10 right. minutes of just like. Absolutely. What? Like, almost crying I mean, because of the outcome. Get,
1: you can get so attached to these characters. And that's not... I mean, that takes a serious amount of storytelling. Oh, it was... Storytelling, that is sometimes way better than what you'll find in some books. You no, know?
0: no. It's... Last of Us 2... The best thing I can compare it to is... Uh, if you ever read the book, The Road. It's similar to that. That's the only kind of comparison. But it the storytelling... Mm-hmm. is you just connect with the two characters. Because at the beginning, yeah. you kind of hate both of them. You're like, oh, this, this guy's right. kind of an asshole, and she's just the, the whiny little girl. Right. And by the end, you're just like, I... Right. Like, you just absolutely love them. And yeah. it's it's so... And so I'm... They're making a second one. Yeah. I know. I, they're I'm making like, a second one. I'm so... so...
1: Is it going to just be on PlayStation Pro? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, so, I mean, you, not that I have
0: Oh, yeah, but... you do have one. I was going to I have the PS4 Pro. I, I specifically <laughs> bought the Pro... For Last of Us 2 when it (laughs) comes out. (laughs) Because I want to do it in and 4K.
1: Oh my god. Yes, Uh, that 4K. So Um. yeah,
0: but it's just... They are. And then... So also... So in books, I'll say Mostly I read fantasy and fiction or sci-fi. Which... It's basically just, you know... It's not... Junk, but like it's there's it's not you know mere Christianity or you right. know, some philosophy book. Like, it's not the Bible. Ninety percent of yeah, ninety percent of the books, yeah, 90% on of shelves the books are he has
1: nonfiction.
0: Ninety percent of the books on my shelves are fiction. <laughs> right, uh, but like you can still get a lot of merit out of it. like one of my best examples yeah. is uh, honestly Lord of the Rings. If mm-hmm. You look at Lord oh. of the Rings. One of the best examples of friendship mm-hmm. is I think Frodo and Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. It's just if you look at all throughout three books best description of friendship I think anyone could ever have
1: there are a few books that are so or I mean in the movies movies did well at this too but uh, there are a few franchises that are so good at world building I mean a place where you know that there are these groups of people that live in these areas you know that they're different you know and and you become interested in them you almost you pick a favorite you pick yeah. sides like and, and like Game of Thrones is like that. Where it builds this entire world that you're immersed in, and it's 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 impressive. It's not like um, you know, not knocking like books that or or movies or video games that you know are based in history or based right now. Like that, those are fine too. But to be able to take a completely fictional world and draw them in to so the point where they're as invested in that as potentially their own oh, yeah. is amazing.
0: Oh yeah. And then it's not like that. So also just because of like how fantasy is written because it's, oh, I get to make this up as you kind of go along. You you almost get to see stories from different perspectives. Like you get to see, you know, if I'm reading a book about, you know, uh, you know a guy who's been at war and like coming home or whatnot, like I get yeah. to kind of see the, like what that perspective looks like, which, you know, I, I never can really see. I can't right. really do that. I can kind of get an idea or, like, you know, a perspective of someone, you know, who's going through a divorce or someone, you know, who's, you know, an orphan. It's like, oh, well, you know, you, you learn to empathize yeah. a lot more with different stories. And you kind of realize that everyone has this, like, long backstory. Right. That's kind of leading up. So I think that's one of the good things, that really good things that books do. Yeah. Even fiction.
1: Yeah. And and that, that kind of empathy, I would argue, can be built in video games as oh. well. I mean, like...
0: The Last of Us, for example. Oh yeah.
1: Or uh, even even depending on how you play Grand Theft Auto, you could. And and again, I think that that's another reason why the game is is genius because it almost like divides those two groups of people, where they almost lose empathy because they get in the video game just to cause mayhem Order or kill a bunch kill, of people. Yeah. And then there are those people that uh, play the game almost to try and you know unfortunately with a game like that there's always going to be people that die there's always going to be triggers that need pull it's it's the game but they're almost always try to do it in a way where the, the least it, amount of bloodshed is the best oh yeah you know well, there's uh, also
0: yeah there's games like that i think like the earlier fallout series and like some of them you yeah. have or like dishonors on oh no, like one where you have
1: Dishonors. i was just thinking dishonor you have
0: an option basically in dishonor you're an assassin you have yeah and you're kind of taking revenge and Every single contract, the way you ha- you play the game, you have an option to either. There's a way to not kill anyone, Yeah. or like you can just you know complete like run where you don't kill a single soul, or you can go to the complete opposite and kill every single living yeah. being in the entire game.
1: The fewer people you kill, the better the outcome. Even. Yeah, but it's also you a know? lot harder. It's a
0: lot harder. It's very, it is. yeah, and it's I've, a i because I've tried a few here. times. Like I'm gonna try to do. Like a no-kill run, and then about twenty minutes in, I'll have shot a guy. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, well, guess I'll kill everyone. So much
1: for that. I mean, the very first time I played it, oh my god, the very first time I played it, I I left
0: no one alive. Oh, I killed everyone. I was in high school.
1: I I killed everyone, and I remember at the very end, uh, what's the guy? Sam. Sam. Yeah. That. (laughs) The way he just like is like. You're so, horrible. Look what you've done. Yeah. Like I'm just, so, Oh no, so, not Sam. Yeah. So
0: Sam, Sam, is, Sam is. like a guy that kind of like follows you. And like he, he's just like an old kind of wise he's, guy. He,
1: he's driving the yeah. boat and, and like you and
0: just through the story, like you end up loving like, Sam. Like Sam, yeah. like he's just a good guy. and At the end, if you if you go down like the dark path, he looks at you and like the final mission is like, he's like I don't like what you've done. Yeah. And I don't like what you're doing. I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm gonna let them know you're here. And he like fires a gun. At yeah, the, he's like, I'm gonna fire a gun in the air. He's like, and you have like a split second to kill him, or you and you know keep being secret, or, or let him go. And like, yeah. I couldn't kill him. I just could not. If I it.
1: remember correctly, I think I killed him. Oh, I was I like you,
0: <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> but
1: I mean, I, I was very upset that that was even like a thing that happened. Yeah. And then like once you save I, Emily Caldwell, uh, you that uh. The Outsider that, that yeah. was his name, right? He comes back and he's like, he's just talking about like how horrible everything is, like, despite the fact that he saved her, like, yeah, you've the saved plague has the spread. Yeah. There's, but then I replayed it actually not too long ago, just in the fall. Um, and I tried to kill as few people as possible, and it's much happier ending. <laughs> That's what I've heard, it's very difficult. I, I but I know that there are those, they, some, there is a way to not kill a single person. And only, you know, like a handful of people have done that, but, um, I mean, even the people you are supposed to kill them in the game, there's always a way to yeah. get around that. And you are, in a sense, award, you know, awarded for it. You know, not really, not, yeah. not substantially in real life, but, you know, but it's, that it's was, a different ending. That
0: was one of the powers of video games where this fictional character, you know, was like, oh, I hate you. And I felt terrible mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, you're right. Exactly.
1: Look at all these horrible things I've done. Yeah,
0: like, oh, he's right.
1: Oh, oh, for what? Some sense of justice. It's yeah. just like so. Yeah,
0: video games. another good one is Spec Ops: The Line, which is kind of just a great like war story, of, like just the brutality of it. Is
1: that the one where they uh, like bomb a bunch of civilians with white phosphorus? Yeah. Oh my god! I just saw the scene to that. I've never played the game, but oh. My I
0: played god. it. I remember just like I, I think I had to quit the game after that scene. I was just it's like grisly. It's like I paused it, and
1: like quit, and just like had to it's, go for a walk. It's so grisly. I mean, the, the and like the detail of the animation where you were like walking among their corpses, and there's like, yeah, people holding onto each other, and their, their skin is just like melted through. And yeah. I mean, it like it's like one casualty of war is horrible, and the second these are weapons that we're using on each other. Yeah, and sure it was civilians, but if they were enemy combatants, it'd still be the same type of thing. Where we would have, in one of the most inhumane ways possible, kill these people. Oh yeah, that are so, fellow humans. Video
0: games are a great medium of just telling really interesting and in depth yeah. stories, and let like, you empathize with people. So, they're I would put them like they're on the level of books. Like they're they're both are very different in the way yeah. they do it, but there's nothing wrong with like oh I'm gonna go play a video game for a while. Yeah.
1: I mean something. I mean something that a book can't do, and this is, this goes for movies and TV as well, is that the visual can be incredibly yeah. powerful. You know, when you're thinking up something, you're building the scene in your head. When you're reading a book, it's not going to be quite the same as something that you can see. You can yeah. actually see, especially if when you're reading the book, you don't have any experience of what they're talking about. And they can paint a picture. You know, the best oh, way i yeah. will do that, but it's still not necessarily going to be the real thing. And and then, even more powerful in a video game, like you might be the one
0: doing it. That's the other thing, yeah. And then you
1: feel like that sense of regret, even though you didn't do anything. Like nothing in real life has happened. Yeah, you pressed
0: you pressed a button or two. Yeah, you pressed. But you buttons. felt like but you did the thing. You felt like no, you it's... just
1: killed a bunch of people with white
0: phosphorus. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest. It's a other, great game. It's a really really good. Biggest
1: game that game that had one of the biggest impacts on me was actually a uh, BioShock.
0: Oh, okay. Bioshock Infinite. Infinite especially. Infinite because, was fantastic.
1: I mean, I had never had any interest, in, uh, I'd never even heard really, of quantum mechanics. And and then suddenly, like when I finished playing that game, like that evening, I ordered like three different books on Amazon about <laughs> quantum mechanics. And I I went down this Wikipedia rabbit hole about the many worlds interpretation, of the Copenhagen interpretation within quantum mechanics and suddenly quantum physics became like this huge thing in my head and i was just like blowing my mind and i was like my god this is a thing this is a thing that might be real people people need to know about this (laughs) gotta tell the world it was insane (laughs) but i mean ever since i mean that quantum mechanics have like rocked my view of the world of philosophy of theology I mean and it all started with a video game you know oh yeah so it it has some it can have very significant effects on you just like any book that's why I, I always defend them like that's why I was like I think it's like this baby boomer gen X kind
0: of like bias against I might have to borrow those quantum mechanic books from you yeah you can I got I think I, I am I've always been kind of interested in that kind of stuff
1: yeah it blows my mind um, this one, it's, is written, supposedly, like it's supposed to be, like, for anyone to read. Mm-hmm. There were times where it was way over my head. You might have better luck with it, because, you know, you have uh, Yeah, but, I have a degree in engineering. In engineering
0: you know, yeah. So I might understand a So little there, bit
1: you're probably going to have better luck with it, but, I, see, I liked, I got into quantum mechanics not to understand the math behind it, because there was never... Any hope oh, See, that's, that's why I it. It was all theoretical. It was all... Yeah, that's like, the fun stuff. Put it in words. Let me try and visualize it. If you give me math equations to try and explain quantum mechanics, it's not... It's not going to work. I'm not going to understand. <laughs> it's not. Not only that, it'll probably just turn me off, so it's probably not.
0: Just two days ago, because I go through spurts to, like, hardcore gaming or just, like, hardcore reading, and I finished two books, actually, just recently... Uh, oh, what's the one One of them was called uh, the Arm of the Sphinx, which is just kind of a really interesting take so it's almost like is that a book? It's a book, yeah, no. So the Arm of the Sphinx is a book. This is the second book of a series. It's really, really interesting, almost kind of philosophical in a way where it's just it's a kind of a, dy- a dystopia in a way where the idea is that the Tower of Babel exists mm. and it's just like it's like a center of like excellence and like technology and whatnot. Uh, and a guy and his uh, his wife go there for, like, their honeymoon. She vanishes, and, like, he's trying to find her. And then, like, going through the levels of the tower, just it, things just get more and more absurd. I'm just like, how is this? Mm. What? Like, that's terrible. Like, it's, well, the things kind of seem kind of benign or, like, weird. And then like, you, like, get into it, and you're like, what in the world? So, like, some really, really good quotes, too. Just, like, kind of some little bit of philosophy. Right? Mm. Right. And then I also finished uh, Do Androids a Dream of Electric Sheep? Which is the book that Blade Runner was based off of.
1: You read some interesting books sometimes. <laughs> it's just, every single time I like come over, you're talking about a book. It's almost always like this sci-fi book that I would never think to read. But then like... Without you talk about it, I'm like maybe I would enjoy that.
0: So, <laughs> Android, do Androids dream of electric sheep? We've seen the Blade Runner movie. I, I haven't seen the first Blade Runner, so I don't know how close to the book it is. It's really interesting because it, it has um, some implications. So, in it, like you have uh Android like synthetically made humans, like they're mm-hmm. biological, uh, but they only have a lifespan of like six years or so. Whenever they're made, they're made like. It'll be, like, a year old, but it'll look like a 26-year-old, like a 30-year-old or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the entire th- thing is you follow uh, Deckard, who's a bounty hunter for escaped an- or androids, because androids, they have they lack any sort of empathy, like, at all. And so uh, they have, like, no qualms about killing humans or themselves, or each other. So, like, they, they have no loyalty even to, like, themselves. And at one point... Um, a guy like with the android some of the androids were kind of together and they were like "Oh, like what like what is about this guy he, the android goes well he is a human because if he was an android he would have turned to sin two days ago mm-hmm. just because and i was like kind of it's, it's like a weird almost thing of like if you were to took empathy out of humans like what would that look like right so it's a fanta- like it's a very short it's only like 244 pages but really interesting
1: mm.
0: so so next topic i guess. Uh, so I went just recently, I think it was about two weeks ago. I think this weekend it was planned as well. There is a documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old. Have you heard of it? No, I don't think so. So uh, it's a, I should have told you about it. But it is a World War I documentary. And what it is is the BBC and the British Museum went to Peter Jackson, the filmmaker. Mm. It's like, hey, we have 100 hours of World War I footage. Like that, we, we're just hanging on to. Oh, you know what? I
1: have heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this was like a big project. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And they they came to Peter Jackson and they said, We want you to do a documentary or something. Like, do something original with this film. We right. don't want to just, like, show it or anything like that. We want to do something, you know, interesting with it. Right. And Peter Jackson, after thinking a well, while, he cause They do, at the end of this movie, I'll talk about it a second, he was like, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll colorize and, and whatnot. So they did the. Like best post processing colorization, money could buy, like the best technology you could ever get to like recolorize all this World War One footage, and they also didn't just do that; they also did uh, like dubbing, and they hired professional lip readers to read the lips of the people in the film oh, wow. and record like what the, what most likely that they would say. And I swear, it like it started as like a black and white, like this is what the film used to look like, and it transitioned. It looked like someone went back to World War One with a modern-day camera wow. and filmed it. It blew my mind. And then they also had like they they had the people speaking. And they had they went out and recorded cannon fi- cannons firing like shrapnel bullets, people trudging through mud, digging like coats. Like it looked like I was watching an actual World War One movie that was filmed with a modern-day camera with all the sounds and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they also had. Uh, interviews from world war one veterans that they had recorded years ago kind of overlaying all the video that they had kind of that would just relevant to what was going on in the videos i, I don't think i've ever seen a better documentary in my entire life wow. it was unbelievable was this in a theater it was a yeah. theater yeah okay so every i think every so- showing we i looked at was sold out because we went to try to go to it connect in kentucky in december and it sold out mm-hmm. And then it it made because it sold out so quickly, it made another round in January and we'd like pre ordered our tickets for it. And I think that also sold out, but we gotta go see it. And at the end, like Peter Jackson, like he's talking about like how they did and like what they did and like the, the the depth that they went to to go through a like they went through a hundred hours and like all right, we gotta condense it down to two and a half hours. Right. So it was unbelievable what they did with it. Like my dad, he's a big like World War Buff, and he told me he's like that's the best documentary. I've ever seen in my entire life mm-hmm. so like well, it's it, it deserves many many awards
1: I wonder uh, I wonder if it's gonna uh, be either on a streaming service or on DVD soon.
0: It, it, it will let me see if I can find I wonder it wonder if it got
1: nominated for anything
0: I, best documentary. I wouldn't doubt it so yeah and I remember in the theater when it transitioned from the black and white to the color every single person was just like gasping like what Oh my goodness! Like Man. everyone was like, "Wow!" Jeez. It was unbelievable. And there was one scene, because uh, at the end of the movie, Peter Jackson he was talking about just kind of all the scenes they went through. And there was one where you see just a bunch of guys just kind of almost in like up against some trees, and there's a big uh, like mound of dirt in front of them. He said like that at that moment. He said, I don't remember what battle it was. It was one of the rushes that they would do where they blew the whistle and went over. He that everyone in that rush in the corner of history died. And so you're seeing probably the last 15 minutes of those men's lives. Dude. I was just like, oh my goodness. That one, that, one, that hit me hard. And you just, and you also have like colorized photos and everything. I, If you haven't seen it, it's probably, wow. it's. I would put it down as the best documentary ever made.
1: Well, that's, that's impressive. All right, so uh, I'm going to start off best and worst of the week. I'm going to, it's it, it's stemming from the same thing, um, and uh, it does involve politics. So, uh, oh boy, yeah, it's not great. Oh, well, I thought we were gonna make it one episode. Yeah, uh, earlier uh, I had mentioned this book, uh, Howard Schultz's new book. For those of you who don't know, uh, Howard Schultz is the former uh, Starbucks chairman and CEO. Um, he was he's currently chairman emeritus, but uh, he was he's still a significant. Shareholder, but you know he was uh, their CEO up till 2000. and Then he took back over in 2007 or 2008, one of the two, and um, and then just stepped down not too long ago again. And it was weird because when he stepped down, there was like a lot of there was like some murmurings that oh he's gonna run for president. And I was like, just because he's stepping down, you think he's running for president? And, And maybe there was more to it, but like that's I'm like, why is that a thing now? And then uh, in in November, um, I saw this book available for pre-order. And right when I read the title, I was like, yeah, he's running. Um, it's called, From the Ground Up, A Journey to Reimagine the Promise of America. Ooh, he's running for president. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right when I read that, I remember I was like, well, he is running. Um, <laughs> and so coincidentally, a week ago today, when this book came out... Suddenly he's on Twitter, his first ever Twitter. And he tweets for the first time ever, uh, and he puts up one of those tweets includes a video saying in the next couple months he's going to make a decision about whether or not he's going to run. Um, which is funny. It's like a pre. It's like a pre announcement. announcement. He's announcing that he's going to announce. Because yeah. I mean, I do, I do. You know, he's probably still weighing it. But you know, for, and for the record, I, I deeply uh, respect Howard Schultz. And you know, you know, in the spirit of transparency, I work for Starbucks. Uh, and have for like six months now, um, but I I first ever really got invested in Starbucks back in two thousand ten or two thousand eleven when I finished Onward his second book um, and it just it was it was one of my favorite books I ever read to be honest uh, it really tells the, the story of Starbucks but then also beyond Starbucks the power of of business that Focuses beyond profit, which we've talked about briefly here, and Mm -hmm. you can also uh, John Mackey, a CEO of Whole Foods, he's written a book called Conscious Capitalism, and actually Howard Schultz was one of the people who reviewed it, and Mm -hmm. uh, that's on that's one of the quotes that's on the cover. Um, But the while Conscious Capitalism had a bigger impact on me regarding how I view free market capitalism. uh, My first insight into that ever was reading onward and he it was he's really just a talented writer as it is um, but it was also really incredible to see how he pulled a company essentially back from the brink I mean it was on the verge of shutting down in 2008 of going bankrupt of having to close and after 2000 starting late 2008 or 2009 uh, suddenly they had like 29 quarters of consecutive Profits, like record profits. Like I mean, I mean, he he really brought it back from the brink. Um, and so when he announced that he was running for president, I had like two two things immediately came to mind. Like one, wow, he's a very impressive leader. I, I think he'd be great. And then on the flip side of that, I was like, but this is the world of politics. Um, if he ends up losing, so much of that spirit of, of honesty and heartfelt transparency that drew me to him in the first place, I'm, I'm going to be
0: heartbroken. Politics <laughs> has a way of doing yeah, that to good people. Because I,
1: I, I respect him so much. And you know, nothing's happened yet. But the best of the week for me was that announcement, because as it stands... He, I probably will vote for him okay. if if he makes it. I mean, he's running as an independent too, which Ooh, surprised okay. me. I thought he was going to run as a Democrat. So he Honestly, doesn't. I
0: think people are tired of. The,
1: well, that's the, the, the thing. The, the they, labels they are, but at the same time, no one's voting like they're tired of the labels. It's true. People still think there's only two. Political parties. They are completely unaware of the Green Party, of the Libertarian party. party. Yeah. Oh, Jill Stein no, no, no. ran as a Green Party candidate. <laughs> Jill Stein. Jill Stein, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, there's even more than that. I mean, there is a, a socialist party. There is, yeah. there's this one party in like California. I don't remember what it's called, but there are a number yeah, of, of parties here. It's not just Democrats or Republican. And I'm surprised because I thought Howard Charles was going to run as a Democrat. But Honestly, he, I respect him more because he
0: didn't. Well, that's
1: the thing. He ran as an independent, so he doesn't need to worry about winning some type of, of uh, uh, primary. Oh yeah. Like if he's gonna be if he can if he does decide to run and if he sticks with it, he'll be on the ballot. You know, um, assuming well you know each state has their own th- way of getting people on the ballot. So as long as he's as long as it works in every state, he'll be on the ballot. Um, and so far, my, my God. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to vote for Trump. Um, I'd rather, I'm not going to vote at all if it comes to voting for Trump. Um, and that's who the Republicans are. Mitt Romney might take a stab at it, but he's not going to win the primary. They're not going like to. The they're not going to go with someone that's not. In
0: yeah, that way, I'm yeah, sorry, he's yeah. already
1: he's already at the table. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's already in the Oval Office. They're not going to nominate someone else. Um, and then the Democrats. There are four people. Who have officially like announced or taken official action? One of them I don't remember, but the other three: Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, and Elizabeth Warren.
0: Which one? Which one's the one that was like one one thousand twenty fourth? Elizabeth Warren. Dude, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm running for president. Like, why?
1: Oh uh, yeah, so she's running. I don't. Why? You know, she's obviously that's she's a joke. She's she's a she's the def, textbook definition of, of an opportunist of of, of uh, the. Type of elitist that is claiming to care about the little people. She's she's so good at it, um, but I don't care about her. Uh, Kamala Harris, she's a scumbag. You know, she's 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 like the female Obama now. But you know what? She was a real scumbag when she was the California's attorney general, and and she's trying to like essentially brush all that on the side. But good luck. Uh, you know,
0: you're running for president. Everything's coming yeah.
1: out. Uh, Cory Booker's a a dumbass. Uh, (laughs) His little Spartacus moment during the Kavanaugh hearings. Oh, that's that guy? Yeah. Uh... Three like, oh great runners. I right know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and that's you know. When gonna announce? Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's gonna be like ten other people that probably come out, but of of anyone that's speculative, I'm not, I don't like any of them. I'm not gonna even consider any of them. Um, we'll see who the Libertarian Party nominates, but that'll probably be a joke, um, like most of their candidates and pretty much the entire party. Uh, but Howard, Sch- <laughs> jeez. I say that as a libertarian uh, that's what makes it funnier small L libertarian I I am not I I am not a big L libertarian Uh. Um, so when Howard Saltz announced he was going to run as an independent I'm like well there you go that works even better Uh, and and I understand why he did that and while I very much thought he was going to run as a democrat it makes more sense in hindsight that he runs as an independent because he's running specifically with the goals of bridging that gap you know between the left and the right and you're going to do that as an independent more than anything else. you know, oh, yeah. If you're running as a Democrat, it doesn't matter how inclusive and loving you want to be. That Republicans are going to invite for you. Yeah. If you're running
0: as a Republican, yeah. Re- Democrats are going to yeah. vote for you. And there's
1: already going to be enough mudslinging given that he's running as an independent. But the the best was that. The worst, stemming from that announcement, the slew of tweets and online articles just depressed me.
0: That's why I don't kid on Twitter. Uh,
1: I just... I mean, I, like I said, I don't have Twitter, but I, I got on, because this profile is public, I got on to it to see like some of what people were saying, and the, immediately, like, the first tweet in response, it had like you a know, thousand likes or something, was, uh, uh, you're going to split the vote, the anti-Trump vote, and Trump's going to be president, so F you, you shouldn't run. And there were like a thousand other responses that were just like that. And my biggest problem with that is neither party... Republican or Democrat or other party. No party is entitled to our votes. It is not no. Jill Stein's fault that Hillary Clinton lost. Just because she some of the people who might have voted for Hillary ended up voting for Jill Stein. A lot of those people, they weren't going to vote for Hillary. Yeah, they were they, just not going to vote. Yeah, And then you would get oh. mad at them. Like, well, that's why you're supposed to vote. We're like, no. You chose a shitty candidate. You chose a scumbag. People don't want to vote for her. I was never going to vote for Trump. I was never going to vote for Hillary, and it didn't matter. It, it didn't matter if there literally were just those two parties. I was never going to vote for either one of them. Um, there was never a chance. And so, uh, the idea that this duopoly is entitled to every single vote and they have to go to one of the two uh, is insane. I think it's 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 immature. It is uh, it is. Ill-informed, and, and it is anti-democratic, to be honest. I mean, the, the liberals especially always whine about how undemocratic the electoral college is, but then they don't actually want people to vote how they want to vote. Oh yeah, because all the I votes that don't go to the Republicans, they're supposed to go to the Democrats. The thing that
0: pisses me off the most, especially again, there's like when YouTubers, people like that, are like, doesn't matter. Like, go out and vote, and you're like, I voted for Trump. Yeah, yeah, you, you
1: shouldn't have voted. Shouldn't have like, you voted. Like what? But I thought like I was if, supposed to vote. <laughs> yeah, you told
0: me, go vote, it doesn't matter who I vote for. Yeah. So I went and voted for him and now Yeah. If you let's let's if you're gonna say that, be honest. Say, Go out and vote for the candidate that I want you to vote no, for. Only for this candidate. Only for this <laughs> candidate. Don't vote for anyone else. You're gonna go vote, vote for this yeah. person. Don't lie yeah. and say, Hey, go vote as long as you vote. Who cares if you voted for when they're gonna turn around at the end of the election and say, Fuck you Yeah. You voted for that person when yeah. they were like you can't have it both ways like yeah.
1: that. Um, there, so there that's were, one. That's one yeah. of my biggest pet peeves. There pet were a, a lot of tweets so like that. There were a lot of articles like that. I mean, even and I think the one that, uh, the one that got under my skin the most uh, of the ones I read, I couldn't read too many of them. Most of them, yeah. But uh, <laughs> there was this one, um, and it came from HuffPo, of course, uh, Huffington Post. What a joke. Uh, their uh, their headline was almost like, "Okay, don't blame Howard Schultz for running, blame the '90s or something to that effect." And I was like, "Okay, well, let, all right, That's don't blame fair. Howard Schultz. Let's get in this." Okay. Um, and to very much sum up the article, it was essentially Howard Schultz is a product of '90s politics. Uh, he is a rich white man and billionaire. <sighs> He doesn't understand he's
0: exactly what all liberals hate <laughs> exactly
1: uh, he isn't extreme enough
0: he's the anti-progressive he
1: he is he is a liberal that is anti um, universal health care which I guess is pretty much a Democrat talking point at this
0: that's that, that is like the ten, only we yeah. have like a ten commandments universal health yeah. is like number one
1: yeah he he's against it because we can't afford it and we can't but we can't every single liberal uh, you know, taking up after Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is like Well if well we just can't afford it. Like we just do it. Like that's literally what she said about it. Yeah. How can we afford it? Well
0: we just do. She was like, Well what we start like we have so much money on like military and, like we still have to spend money on military. Yeah. We still like even if we cut that we still have to spend money on Medicaid, we still have to spend money on social like we still have to spend yeah. like we can cut them back. You could you we could can't reduce zero it
1: out. You could if you did zero out, you'd still be short trillions and trillions of dollars. I mean, we already spend more than anything on entitlements like Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid. I mean, yeah. nothing more. I mean, military is a small portion compared to that. Now, I'll be the first to say, yeah, we do spend too much on the military. I'll be the first to something. say. We'd probably, yeah, but yeah. like that doesn't mean that cutting it to zero that's that's going to be a small portion of the cost of universal health care. Let alone universal health care on top of uh, universal uh college education.
0: University we cannot afford both
1: like, of those. Like so so Howard Schultz is looking at that as a as a as a realist and saying, We can't do that. And Huffpo essentially goes and says, Well, he's just saying that because he's a billionaire and doesn't understand it. He and probably I, tenor, tenor. I think I think it's probably you guys that don't understand how, how this works.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, so that yeah, they they just wrote him off. Um, as someone who belongs in the nineties because the nineties was a much more uh bipartisan time essentially and, and I mean it, it was I guess but th- it, this day and age everything is so extreme oh, and yeah. it, there's, the extremes on both
0: sides are just going further
1: and further to their respective sides and that's exactly it's why someone like Howard Schultz wants to run I'd you
0: be, know for me, I'd be, the fact that he's like a liberal who's like I don't know about Universal healthcare, I'm like oh, I'll vote for him why not He he's he, not if he's, the fact that he's independent I'm like ooh I kind of like that
1: yeah He's already that alone is already setting him apart. He's breaking with a certain, a certain. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the that the independents quo. kind
0: of really show up. I
1: oh, think and people another, are just,
0: just sick.
1: They are, but then they don't do anything about it. I mean, people keep voting within the two party system. You know, this 2016, uh, the election. Uh, th- there was only one. Um, Electoral vote that went for the Libertarian Party, and it was actually supposed to go to Hillary Clinton. But then the uh, <laughs> the member uh, actually voted for, he wrote in Ron Paul for the Libertarian Party. <laughs> Ron Paul hasn't run since 2012, and he ran as a Republican. Before that, he ran as a Libertarian. So even with, he doesn't even have to run in the Libertarian Party, got a vote for Ron Paul. That's and they really don't funny. really even like, they don't have a good relationship with Ron Paul. But that's you know he got that one, Um, and yeah, like, and that's the pretty much the closest we've come to a third party candidate getting recognized.
0: Getting a vote for someone that wasn't running.
1: Yeah, he wasn't even running, and it was just one. It was one. Like he was. It was never gonna happen. And yet people, yes, they continue to say, yes, I'm fed up with the two party system. And yet more and more people bathe themselves in that duopoly and
0: this this year I'm pretty sure I'm I'm just voting whoever's not Democratic <laughs> or Republican that's what I'm deciding yeah. it's like I cause whoever they're gonna choose Republicans are gonna choose Trump yeah. Democrat is just gonna choose just like the most Democratic Democratic Joe
1: Biden is leading Yeah. Uh, the polls, as far as like people who are speculatively running oh, Joe Biden's number one, number two is Bernie Sanders, which is funny because they're both rich, white, old men, but they, they, then, exactly <laughs> the exactly. but they won universal health care. Yeah, Bertie very is. active in the 90s in politics, uh, too. Huh? Bernie looks right? like he's
0: he he died 10 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's getting ready to kick the bucket. Um, okay. but yeah, hopefully, this might be the year of the independence <sighs> or not year, but next year will be the year that well. No, election's going to... It's going to be starting this year. Yeah, they're, they start campaigning you
1: know, ah. this summer and fall, and then the primaries next spring, and then and then the election's next fall. So. It
0: started out such a good year. It started such a good year. I was yeah, going to buy I'm a mountain it bike. <laughs> it's nice. We'll buy it and upgrade my mountain bike, buy a better one. Because yeah. I'm a rich white male.
1: Right, yeah. Well... Anyway, so... Just from what I know about him, and I granted, yeah, what I know about him is just working at Starbucks and reading his own books. Um, He just seems like an incredibly heartfelt individual. And him focusing on bridging that gap rather than uh, preying on it to push people further apart, I think that it's incredibly valuable. Now, you know, the status quo, the establishment figures, they don't like that. You know, I mean, it's one of my favorite,
0: uh, CNN gets their, gets all their money because of the split. Yeah. That's how they get their views. I mean, it's
1: those Fox News. I mean, every, every news station loves it. Yeah, the further you divide it, the more, essentially loyal they're going to come to that side. Irrationally so. One of the, one of the worst tweets (laughs) came from, uh, Neera Tandon, she's the CEO, uh, uh, Center for American Progress and she was one of Hillary Clinton's closest confidants. Um, She likes, you know, they kind of masquerade. They like to pretend that they are a a non-partisan think tank. They're a liberal think tank. Yeah, There's no hiding it. Everyone knows it. They know it. They just pretend like it's a fun little game. (laughs) Yeah. And it's hilarious just how ridiculously partisan they are. But, um, she tweeted, uh, the day he announced, she tweeted, like, I propose a, uh, if he doesn't step down immediately, like, if he doesn't, if he announces, that day we are going to start a boycott of Starbucks. And I immediately was like, well, first off, he, he doesn't work at Starbucks anymore. Like, he is not Starbucks. He's gone. He's a shareholder, sure, but I'm a shareholder. There are thousands there are dozens of us. Are, <laughs> there are many shareholders. Like, sure, he has a large stake in it, but he's just a shareholder. Like, he he does not run things there. So you're going to target a business that he used to work at. That seems a little... Petty. Petty. Uh, but then, number two, many of the people who work for Starbucks, they are Democrats. They are liberals who probably will vote for anyone except Trump.
0: When I hear liberal, like, Starbucks is like, right <laughs> there. And, uh... <laughs> So they, it.
1: so they will vote for Bernie. They will vote for Joe Biden. They will vote for Kamala Harris. Like They, they will vote for your candidates. And if you boycott Starbucks, you're going to damage not, not the shareholders, not really, not the uh, executives. You're going to damage the people working in the stores who are going to vote for your candidates.
0: And the other people that really like Starbucks.
1: Exactly. Like, like, yeah. You're, this doesn't do anything. And, I hope and they even do if, it.
0: I hope they go hardcore with and
1: this. And even even if you do, like, what is this going to accomplish? Like nothing. Nothing <laughs>
0: exactly. Absolutely, this not. is
1: that's not. It's real. like what happened
0: when like people boycotted Chick Fil A because the, yeah. the the one guy said something about he didn't like gay people yeah and Chick Fil A like had record numbers that yeah. year.
1: It's just like you can go ahead and look It's not going to do anything, and and it's certainly not going to stop Trump from getting elected. It's not gonna. It's not going to change anything. You can go ahead and do it. it that's doesn't the most matter.
0: Petty thing I've
1: it's ever ridiculous. Um, I hate everything. So so that right there, that's the worst. Like especially that tweet specifically that embodies in my mind the worst. And then like I said, the best. I I believe in Howard Schultz. We'll see how his campaign is. You know, we'll see what happens going here. I'm. Uh, I just started reading the book. I'm diving into it. It's pretty great so far. Uh, I've already learned even more about him. Uh, his, his very humble roots, growing up, working class, in in public housing in Brooklyn. Um, a lot
0: of people. A lot of those people are because they just learn how to work. Hard. He
1: turned himself into a billionaire. You know, I mean, he. will have to
0: borrow that after you. done He with worked. It. He worked a lot. He worked very hard. Anyway.
1: Your turn. Best and worst.
0: Uh, mine's nothing. Like, not political at all. Well, that's good. That's that's uh, where we should one end One of them it. is it's <laughs> it's my best because of how terrible it is. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, it's a story that, I, that happened uh, this last weekend, I think. So one of my friends uh, was having a birthday party. It was like a combo birthday party because one of her friends also had like a, a birthday on like the same week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they just threw one that was like, oh, we're having the same birthday party party. Right. And they were both in dentist school and so they invented a lot of their uh dentist school friends i didn't know this <coughs> Dentists go hard oh, with parties like well i remember one girl this is like a prelude to the story by the way this isn't the full story uh but one girl showed up to the party with half a wine bottle and she's like oh I was gonna tell myself I wasn't gonna drink this on the way here, but you see how that works out. <laughs> what like, the oh, hell? God, what the hell are we walking into, drinking and driving. Thankfully, it's like my one of my other friends was there, and then uh, the boyfriend of one of the the birthday girls was there. We were like the only three people that weren't dentists, so we like made like our own like like protective circle, and just like hung out the entire party, like moved huddle. around. Yeah, he was actually a really cool guy. We oh, got long because We made a fun of all the dentists, uh, but yeah, like they really go hard at parties. Come to find out. Most of them showed up like slightly drunk already. Right, oh my! Um, but there was this one chick who's a dentist. We were talking to, she was like, you you count you know how like you have like a crazy meter, like how crazy a chick is. <laughs> this one was already kind of like like getting a little close to like the war, and I'm like, oh, she seems a little crazy. <laughs> and then she goes, oh yeah, check this out. I have a diamond in my tooth. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, look. And then she had a little diamond. I think like in her incisor, upper incisor. Like a little diamond, like embedded in her tooth. She's like, "Yeah, put it there myself." I'm Like, hey, excuse me, what? <laughs> she, she's like, "Yeah, went to K Jewelers or whatever." I was like, "One well, of your like your tiniest diamond you got?" Took it, went back to I guess the practice. She was practicing that. Like, she's still a student. I was gonna say, how did she do it? And she's like, started drilling a little bit. Got a little bit too deep, so I took some Novocaine and <laughs> gave it to myself. What? <laughs> and then put the diamond in. I was just like, you're the craziest lady I've ever met. Wow. I looked at my friend, and, like, he looked at me, and we were just like, what the hell? <laughs> and, like, even, like, her, uh, the, the other girl's uh, boyfriend, even, he was like, this is shit crazy. Yeah,
1: this is crazy. Oh, my God. And like,
0: I, like, I just, like, I couldn't believe it. I was so stunned. I was just like, these people exist.
1: Right.
0: Like I've never met one before in the wild. <laughs> oh my God. I, I blew my mind. Like and then yeah, everyone there was just absolutely just like crazy. Wow. Yeah. So wait, was that best or worst? That was the best because of just how stupid that so
1: was. Is it like it's your best and worst? That was like my best. I did. I do, okay. the, the
0: worst was the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you didn't watch, I like you could have fallen asleep and missed nothing. Right. The yeah. commercials were in the great. And then they said they were going to do a Spongebob Sweet victory thing. Yeah, I remember that. And then it was like a 10-second shift, and then it didn't even do anything. It was like, you guys. Yeah. It was the worst Super Bowl yeah. ever. It was so pointless. Wow. All right. but yeah, that's that's all I got.
1: Um, So if I remember correctly, the Patriots are now tied with...
0: The Saints for the most Super Bowls ever. And Tom Brady is the most winningest. Wait. Uh, Tom Brady has the most Super Bowl wins of all time. For a quarterback, for actually, for just a single player, that
1: is incorrect.
0: Oh, Steelers! Steelers! It was an S team. It was the S. Yeah, it was
1: the Steelers. So that's why I was like, just last night it was six for them. So now they're tied. Yeah, and that was
0: Brady's sixth uh, Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. I was just you know being Pittsburgh. I've always. I, yeah. I don't even really follow sports that much, but being from Pittsburgh, I've always been like most Super Bowl championships yeah. ever. And now <laughs> you can't it's even, like you don't even know like the rules of football.
0: Most, most. So you're tied for first. Tied.
1: Patriots. <laughs> most ties. Like, everyone.
0: <laughs> everyone that likes the Steelers better than the Patriots, so you got that going. Yeah, right? exactly. Everyone yeah. hates the Patriots. Everyone hates Tom Brady. Brady. It's so funny. Cheater.
1: How, it's just how many people hate him. Oh my god. Okay, no, I'm sorry. I do. I have one best. I'm sorry. This (laughs) this just brought it up. Okay, Uh, it's utterly hilarious. And we'll share this. (laughs) We'll share this. Um, So I'm from. No, I guess I'm from Pittsburgh and a local, (laughs) local news station. Um, They were they were uh, showing a press conference with Tom Brady. This was a couple weeks ago. This is when it was like announced. Like, oh yeah. I know what you're talking be, about. They'll be, uh, uh, they'll, you know, they're playing in the Super Bowl. And the the Chiron said, Tom Brady, known cheater. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and it was at the local CBS station in Pittsburgh. It, it, it was KDKA. That guy got fired, unfortunately. Um, he already, like, he put up a tweet, and he's already got, like, job offers because everyone's like, oh, my God, you're a hero...
0: Uh, yeah he's a hero in Pittsburgh yeah he's a hero in Pittsburgh
1: but you know I understand why he was fired on the one hand it was clearly a joke but at the same time like it's
0: very unprofessional
1: he was Tom Brady was suspended I mean like you're at at that point like you've been found guilty you are
0: a known cheater cheater. like
1: (laughs) so it wasn't wrong you know so that's why on the one hand I'm like
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they rehired him. Like, I mean, I like feel like he shouldn't have
1: been fired for that just because like he's not wrong. Like he's but, not, and this is Pittsburgh. I mean, like come on now, we love talking crap on the Ravens and the Patriots <laughs> and the, and the <laughs> just, Browns, just everyone and the Browns. Those those three especially. So like obviously, uh, they're going to be th- that joke is going to resonate a lot in Pittsburgh. Oh, you know, yeah. so. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, he won. They won, but I'm not really invested. I I didn't watch it. I didn't really care. But now I have to say, though, that uh, it's the Steelers. At
0: least you don't have a cheater as a quarterback. That's
1: true. Well, but, yeah, but I'm pretty sure Ben Roethlisberger has be- beat his girlfriend before. Ooh, that's not good. I don't know if he was ever... I don't, I don't know the details of that. We'll just stop it right there. There's <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing about that.
1: <laughs> I should say allegedly. Allegedly. Because I don't know. Allegedly. I don't know what happened. Allegedly. Happen. I don't know if he ever, like... I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, yeah, so... Uh, great episode. <laughs> it was an interesting episode. It was a good uh, one. We will do weekly now. Yeah. It's been officially... Mm-hmm. Decided weekly. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll see you next week, folks. Uh, have a great week, Carpe Noctum.
0: Have a great one, folks.
1: Hi, this is Dylan from Carpe Noctum. I wanted to give a quick shout-out to our newest sponsor, Adelier Naturals. Do you like simple, holistic body care? Visit at Adelier Naturals on Twitter to learn more. That's at A-T-E-L-I-E-R Naturals.
0: Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shoup and Dylan Kiever. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.